0: it's really noisy where you are. Why is it so noisy? What do you got going on there? What are you like? You got a sweatshop going in the background? What are you doing? Making sneakers? You know, I've gotten a few, uh, speaking of tone, I've gotten a few comments about, uh, how, how people really enjoyed the, uh, the ambience and the walk and talk. Let's let's him know that uh, that we're really out in the world.
1: Are we out in the world? We exist. Are you sure we're not AI?
2: <laughs> oh, it's going to kill us all.
1: <laughs> uh, two things. One, I know you feel like you're an overachiever, Jeffrey, but the, Am I? but the, <laughs> but the not late, lately. But the woman who won Miss America last night is a 22 year old uh, second first lieutenant. Second lieutenant in the Air Force, went to the Air Force Academy, graduated with a degree in astrophysics, and is currently at Harvard going for her master's in public policy. Wow. Good for her. And she's Miss America, you know, and works out all the time. So So what you're saying,
0: if I'm hearing you correctly, Bill, and I think I am, uh, when I was a kid, when I was in high school, I had an Air Force Academy recruiter who lived across the street. So I think what you're saying is had i taken him up on his repeated offers to get me into the academy i too could have been miss america
1: that's exactly what i'm saying yes <laughs> <laughs> all right but good for good for this woman madison marsh good for you madison marsh
0: madison marsh yeah congratulations uh i didn't even know the uh, the miss america was still a thing i, I mean, thought it was I, and was, neither here nor get, there when
1: it comes to pageants, but
0: yeah. Wasn't that the one that, that, uh, Trump owned? No.
1: His um, universe, Ms. I don't know. It doesn't, you know, yes, yeah. he did own some kind of thing or his company owned that. Yeah. Um, mm. I just, I just thought it was really interesting that these people are that much of crazy overachievers. These young people yeah. nowadays, they just do so much.
0: Yeah, they're not uh, they're not twirling batons up there anymore.
1: No, no, they are not. And uh, yeah. anyway, good for Madison. Uh, hey, uh,
0: wait, there was two. There was two things. What's the second?
1: Well, the second thing is that I got an email, a, a facemail, as my mother would say. Hello, mother. Um, <laughs> it's a running joke. I don't think she ever actually said facemail, but it's a fun thing uh, to say. Log on to the ebook and see what you get. Yeah. Well, what? I sent you a Gmail yesterday, and you didn't reply. Right. Um, <laughs> that I could see. You oh, know, it's, it's amazing! Of, it's it's the Kleenex. It of, totally of works. Mail. Yeah, if you get an Instagram DM, it's an Insta mail.
0: Oh, I've never heard that
1: one. That's I'm, I'm making it up right now as we go along.
0: Ah, okay. All right, all right, all right.
1: Um. Anyway, the um. Uh, I got a I got a face mail from uh my a cousin of mine a distant cousin of mine, yeah um, named Liz, and she said, Hey, uh. I've got some pictures of your family. I wonder if you'd like to see them. And I was like, of your sure. family. Well, yeah, hmm. because she's talked to uncles of mine and that kind of stuff. When she was in doing genealogy, my uncle Walter, who was kind of into that stuff, uh, passed away in 2019, my father's oldest brother. And, um, and she said, I, I have some pictures and she sent me some pictures that I had never seen before. Oh, really? Of our family. Yeah and so she sent me a couple and i was like wow those are fascinating no i haven't seen them uh and she said well i've got a bunch so i'll send you a link tomorrow a google drive link with with some pictures and she sent me a google drive link with 290 scans in it oh wow which apparently she got from my uncle walter now i just sent you one quick one i don't know why did that not work uh uh she she sent me a uh uh some pictures of the family.
0: That's a family photo. gosh, it looks like you're all in court.
1: Right. And my, (laughs) my father's second from the left there. Uh, It's
0: like, you're all applying to be a Supreme court justice.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, here's a picture of my father in the middle here in the Argyle sweater here. uh, I'm assuming college or something, you know? And, and the, the reason I, you know, bring this up, uh, is that I, you know, you, you were, you were doing some, um, uh snow shoveling this morning. So we're starting yes. a little late. Yeah. And in the while I was waiting for you, she sent me this stuff and I downloaded them and I've been staring at these 290 photos. Now they are from my Uncle Walter and my uncle Walter was the eldest. So The majority of the photos are of my uncle Walter as a kid.
0: Is that him in the photo with your dad?
1: Uh, no, that is not actually. Uh, let me see if I can find one
0: of my uncle. April
1: 65,
0: (laughs) and they've got it looks like is that a canoe? Yeah, it's a canoe. Yeah, which means my
1: father would be 20, which means he was probably in college at the time. That would you know pretty much add up.
0: Look at that swank bike. Look at that. Pee Wee Herman would be envious of that thing.
1: Yeah. With the and, lights
0: on the side and everything. Wow.
1: And so there's all these photos of my, my father and my uncle and you know, all the, the kids is, the kids, uh, at, uh, my, my, my uncle, uh, in the, in the military. I didn't even know my uncle Jackie was ever in the military, but there's pictures of him in the military, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, I don't know why this, uh, thing is suddenly not working here. Um, and I've just been staring at them and re- coming to realize, I mean, this is obvious stuff, but sometimes it really hits you, is that all these people in your past have all lived these long lives, you know? Mm. And, and there was a picture in here of uh, this woman that I know is Aunt Julie, who was like my father's aunt, I think is, is, is how it worked out.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I always knew her as like this older woman, you know? And here she is. Was she
0: 35 or something?
1: (laughs) Well, when I knew her, she was probably 60s. You know what I mean? Or Ah, when I was a little kid. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And and I found a picture of her like in the late 20s when she's like a teenager. And you're just like, oh, my God, look how beautiful Aunt Julie was when she was like this young woman, right? From the 1920s. Yeah, I think it was something like that. Maybe 30s. You know what I'm saying? But it's just it's it's enough that you you sometimes forget that all of these all of the experiences that you have had. Not all of them, obviously, not you know one for one, but so many of the experiences you have had as an individual uh, were were all were were similar experiences were had by all these older people that you were sort of generally dismissive of. You know mm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think that we we forget that our our parents were in grade school and our grandfathers went fishing, and oh, yeah. you know what I'm saying, like all this kind of stuff. That 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 you know here's a I'm sending you one of, of my my father's in the lower left here in this picture, but you know this is like my father is oh, like wow. a little kid. Look
0: at that. So that would have been like late 40s, early 50s. Yes.
1: maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, my father was born in 45. You know, okay. and so I'm looking at these pictures, and it just it puts my father into a different perspective. And and see, it,
0: I I love this for you because. I don't have any photos like this of my dad. They they exist. They are in uh, a steamer trunk in their house in Yuma, Arizona. And and my stepmother and I just have not coordinated a just, time to go get them. Man, but you got you got
1: to go get those. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm looking at all of these. Here's here's another one of like three of the brothers, and my father's there on the right. And look, it says Jackie, Robert, and Billy, 1953.
0: 1953. Look at that. <laughs> You know. Yeah, I'm, it's interesting. I mean, I, you you know, you know a lot more about or you seem to know a lot more about your dad than I do. I don't know anything about my my dad's life began when he had me as far as I'm concerned. Because he wouldn't and even talk then, about it? I don't it? know much. He wouldn't talk about it. Why not? He didn't find it interesting. Nah, you don't want to talk about any of that. I mean, every once in a while, a story would slip out. But I know very little about I know nothing about his his early life, you know, as a kid other than, you know, he got he got arrested for some things. Um,
1: wait a minute,
0: (laughs) we'll, we'll let that go. Uh, but, but that's one of maybe two or three stories that I know of his entire adolescent life up to the point where he married my mom. Yeah. And, and I don't know what he looked like. I've, I have one photo of him as a kid, actually. Yeah. One photo of him. It's, it's a, it was a diptych that, that it was him at like seven years old and me at seven years old that my mom or Linda, maybe, I don't know who did it, but you can't tell us apart. It, we look identical.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I've seen it, pictures of you and your father and I mean, yeah, there's, it's, it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah. It's uncanny. So, but other than that, I don't have this stuff. So, and I'm, and I'm, I'm eager to get this stuff so I can have these experiences that you're having right now of going, oh my gosh, look at that. He was just he wasn't my dad. He wasn't this big, imposing, scary figure who, you know, did whatever he did. He was just this little kid. Look at him. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. I think it'll it'll put him and, and some of the other members of the family, to your point, in a different light than I currently hold them in now.
1: Totally. But the interesting thing about f- f- uh, photographs from a photography point of view is that I don't know what my father was really like as a child. I'm looking at a dozen pictures of him as like a little yeah, sure. kid in the early 50s, sure. right? It's it's that, you know, paintings aren't realistic enough. Video gives you too much information to some extent, right? Like it doesn't mm-hmm. leave any room for imagination. Yeah. Uh, where photographs have this weird, they're in this weird liminal space where you're staring at this photo of your father at six years old and you can imagine, oh, that looks just like me at six years old or my nephew at six right. years old.
0: Right, 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 right.
1: And yeah, you just, I think, I think with, about without... my nephew Bert and how, what, how he was at six. And I'm like, is that how my father was at six? I guess probably
0: yeah, but without that additional data, it's just, it's that frozen moment that you're trying to extrapolate both directions. What was he like before? What was he like after it? Yeah. And because you only have this sliver.
1: Yeah. And and there you know, my grandparents lived in this house in Waterbury on Branch Street in Waterbury. And Is that uh, Connecticut? Waterbury. In Connecticut, yeah. Yeah. And uh so they they had this house and and on the, there was a driveway on the side of the house and when I was a kid, you used to go down the driveway and there was like a two-car garage in the back made of cinder blocks.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And on the side of the cinder block uh, garage, which is what they're leaning against in that last picture I sent you on the side of this, this is that house. Yeah. Well, that's the cinder block. That's the cinder block garage that they built behind the house. But you see that sort of the, the two by four coming in from the right, going to the ground there, the the diagonal. Yeah. Yeah. So there was this swing that you could sit on that had all kinds of hinges on it so that it's a, you stepped on a board in the middle and then there was a seat on either side, almost like it was like a amusement park ride.
2: Mm. And
1: it, would, it, it was all set up so that it would kind of swing back and forth. Like, you you know, you're sitting on one of the bench and you're either going backwards or forwards, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't like crazy, but it was a swing they had. And the crazy thing about it is that in this set of photos, not only have I found pictures of, in this case, my, my eldest uncle uh, helping build the garage, which I remembered as a kid, I remember going in there and, you know, getting out, uh, clippers to, you know, cut the, you know, cut, trim parts of the lawn or whatever it is, helping my dad, when we went over there after church to, you know, help out and bring stuff to my grandparents and see them and that kind of thing. And, but if you go all the way back, there are pictures of that swing where the garage used to be. So that swing precludes the garage. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's like this weird stuff where it's like, wait, that swing was so old that it was there before the garage was there.
0: You know, So the, who is this in the photo uh, of the garage in progress? Is uh, that your I uncle?
1: I think that that is my uncle. Yes. Okay. Because there's another picture of him where he's really just, um, where he's got like a, and my uncle Walter was, you know, he was the engineer builder kind of guy in the family. And He's the guy who who ended up going to Worcester Polytech and ended up being an engineer for, you know, a, a electrical company for his whole life. You know, he's one of those mm-hmm. sort of guys. And in his basement, he had, you know, all the tools exactly where they went, you know, cutouts of them on the wall where yeah, they're supposed yeah, sure. to be, you know, like one of yeah, those guys, same. you know, yeah, full, same. full vacuum set up next yeah. to all of the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so he really kind of started young. But it's just so interesting to me that 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 swing was still there when I was a kid was there in the 40s. Yeah. And survived until at least the 80s or 90s. It's crazy that that swing see, was and, there for 50 okay. years.
0: You're, I'm looking, and maybe you can include some of these in the in the show notes or links to put them up there so people can get kind of an idea sure. of what's going on. This, this By the way, here's Cinderblock. the chair
1: swing in the back here. You can kind of see it.
0: Go ahead. Cinder Block. Oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, this block garage, similar experience. And I think this gets to an era of men. Uh, in (laughs) certainly in America. Here we go. Um, (laughs) my grandfather looks like, you know, in the same way that your uncle Walt or maybe your grandfather, whoever built this garage at some point they just decided, you know what? We need a garage. We need a garage in the back. We've got the land. We need a garage. My grandfather, same way, built a cinder block garage in the back. Um, my dad used it as a shop after he used, after my grandfather had it as a shop, same kind of thing the 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 uh uh the array of of mason jars with the lids <laughs> sure. screwed to a piece of plywood Absolutely. so that you could just unscrew them and had little bits and bobs in them oh um, god yes
1: you know the drawings my father like, still you did that said, when I was a kid in the house in South Carolina. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah uh so it, it, there are these common experiences at least in post war America that people of our age and I would I would imagine specifically sons of our age um. Are, are privy to, even though it, we're in different parts of the country, we're in maybe different socioeconomic classes. And we were uh, getting it
1: one generation down. Yes. Yeah. Know, we were seeing the, the sort of archaeological remnants of that life. Yeah. I mean, they they decided they wanted a,
0: a fireplace in the house in Azusa. So my grandfather went and got a bunch of bricks and some mortar, and he and my dad built a fireplace. Yeah. They you know knocked out a part of the wall, and they just built it. It was like, it was no big deal for them. And I, two things, one, okay, the balls just to go, you know what, I'm going to build this thing. I'm just, I, how do you do it? I don't know. How difficult can it be? It's bricks. You put one on top of the other, you put some stuff in between sure. and you're done. You know, that, that level of folk knowledge that I think has largely been lost as generations have.
1: Well, I think there's also building codes now. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, he, they, he, your, your uncle, your grandfather, my father, my grandfather, they had, they had that knowledge from somewhere and they didn't get it from school. Sure. Yeah. But somehow they, whether, whether my grandfather got it from his father or, or, or I don't know. I mean, but I they, think it was surely passed down. They knew how to do things that I don't know how to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and I, I think it's, it's a, it's a fascinating shared experience that that I think men of our, of our age are the last generation to experience that from the generation before them.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think, uh, we can try to do that, but there's the world's a different place. You know, there's Mm -hmm. so much more is, is manufactured and relatively cheap. And you know what I mean? Like you you need that thing. You don't need to build that thing. You just order that thing on Amazon.
0: Uh, but it 's never i mean look we're we 're in the mode of of looking for a new washer and dryer Our, our washer and dryer both finally gave up the ghost and the and it 's not really that they gave up the ghost it 's that they are so old that the parts that failed are no longer made sure the uh the coil the electrical coil on the dryer no longer made the thermostats are still made, but the coil is not and the, the one of the appliance people said, Well, you can buy this kit and rewire your own coil i'm like i'm not gonna you know no fry myself you're gonna see my skeleton if i try that uh and then the washer this one little rubber part failed and the parts around it you can still get but this one part you can't
2: yeah you
0: know and and
1: now the could you go find one in a junkyard and try to get the maybe maybe right
0: maybe you know but our dryer is from the late 60s yeah, you think and you're going to find a washer, yeah, good. Is 45 years old. So I mean these these pl- appliances have worked for nearly half a century and my point is there is no dryer that you buy today that is still going to be working a half century from now. Sure. Not one. Yeah. There's no washer that's still there is no appliance period I, I doubt anyway. I mean I have no, you know, I don't know cuz I'm not going to be here probably 50 years from now, but I would be hard pressed to see anything that's manufactured now in that realm. Because it is planned obsolescence. It is a different, um, there's a different uh, goal, I think, with with these kinds of things than there was then.
1: And I think there are brands out there, you know, the, uh, Speed Queen, right? Everyone talks about, oh, you can buy a Speed Queen washer and it's going to have the same, it's had the same parts yep. and it's built to Built in the and... same place in Wisconsin. <laughs> right. They always have, yeah. Now, yeah. it may cost twice as much as the one you get from Whirlpool at Sears. Oh, right. Sears doesn't exist anymore whirlpool <laughs> at wherever <laughs> uh you know uh we have a a, a dishwasher in our house yeah. and you know we rent so the dishwasher is not a high-end fancy dishwasher um it's you know our dish or our our old dishwasher died we had a you know old ge1 and old ge range uh, uh oven that's from the probably mid 80s right so that's 40 yeah. years old right there um and uh, it, the, the 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 pilot lights on the range are starting to go and we got to get that thing replaced. You know, they're going to put a new one in or whatever. And our dishwasher the other day, we opened it up and it was all standing water in the bottom. Like it wasn't draining. Oh. So Conrad and I are like, all right, let's figure this out. And so we sit down and I look on YouTube and I find someone who's taken apart one that's very similar to this GE thing that we got five to eight years ago, you know, that got installed. And and, you know, oh, you put a screwdriver back here and you pop this tab and this thing comes up and then you unscrew these things and you get to this, thing, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. And I think how many people, I mean, like we did it, we spent two hours, we cleaned it all out. We couldn't actually find anything that was clogging it up. We ran it again without anything in it with like one of those cleaning tabs. It was even more standing water the second time. Then we said, well, you know what, before we go calling the super let's runs run it with vinegar and baking soda in there. Some mm-hmm. people suggested Maybe that. Maybe
0: there's a clog upstream. It's not the dishwasher itself. It's something yeah, upstream it's, it's, in the line.
1: Yeah, it's 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 the probably the drain that goes under the sink, right? Yeah. Uh, but that line I didn't want to unhook from there and make a mess. So I was just like, all right, well sure, let's try that before we get into taking apart underneath the sink. And uh opened it up and it was dry in there. Like drained. Huh. So w- the vinegar Whatever and, that was, and baking yeah. soda helped. Now, the reason I bring this up is that how what percentage of Americans would actually go through any of the stuff that I just said? Uh, very low. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Very
0: low. And I mean, it, I, it involves having is, the right
1: tools and it involved. You know what I mean? Like being handy yeah. enough to pull these things out and not be too scared of doing it. I guess is the other thing.
0: I love the idea of fixing things, and I get that definitely from my dad. You know, our our dishwasher is from 1957. First dishwasher it was the dishwasher they put in when they built the house. It's a it's a it's KitchenAid so awesome. Suppressa, I think Suprema, Suppressa, something and it still runs like a top. The, the the thing that has failed is the coating on the wire racks. So the wire racks are starting to rust and disintegrate in places. So if 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 anybody out there has wire racks for a vintage uh, KitchenAid dishwasher or has a line on them, please let me know. Because that's the only thing it it needs. It's mechanical. It's all mechanical. You can hear the thing when it runs. The tick, 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 all the sure. timers going. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. brilliant. Um I don't want to replace it. I will if I have to, but I really don't want to because I love the idea that it was it was chosen by the former owners.
1: Oh, I can actually I actually see one of these uh on the internet, vintage one. hundred dollars somebody's selling it on uh, on uh Instagram or on Send uh, me uh, eBay link. rather simulant uh, uh, sure Uh, yeah. And I mean, and this isn't, you know, old man talk. I, this is just, it's just really interesting to look as much as we fear looking forwards and we are worried about ourselves. Sometimes it's fun looking backwards, you know,
0: superba. That's what it is. Not a suppressor.
1: Is that the one (laughs) or similar?
0: It's very similar to this. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an all stainless steel front, but it's very similar. If I could, where is this?
1: I would go get this. Fayetteville, Georgia. You could drive to Fayetteville, Georgia. That's not that far. That's a ten hour yes. drive. You could do that.
0: Oh the oh the oh the, the racks look great.
1: <laughs> are you get are you getting into these racks? Is that are that is a, that what your racks you look a, like?
0: You got a nice rack. Um Yeah. These are these it's very similar. Little different front panel. Um this is this looks to be maybe a later
1: But that would be worth model. it just for the racks if the racks were the same.
0: Racks are, if you can find them, A, they go quickly and B, they're very expensive.
1: Now, the thing is that, you know, my mother has, you know, redid her kitchen five years ago and has a really fancy, super quiet dishwasher, some, you know, high-end, whatever the latest cool yeah. high-end dishwasher. Bosch, yes. something. Yeah, like that. <clears throat> and you click it closed and you can barely hear it running and it works really great. And You can clean it and whatever. So there, there is stuff out there that might be quote unquote better, right?
0: Yeah. Um. But that's that subjective term.
1: Yes, of course. Of course.
0: M- my, for, for my definition, better is not necessarily the one that's quieter or that has 15 different modes. Like these new washing machines, they've got 12 different wash modes and they're Wi-Fi enabled. And bl- like, I don't need my washing machine to ping my phone to tell me that my clothes are done.
1: Right, right, right. Yeah, you, can I just turn all of that off? Please? <laughs> right, Just all of it. Just turn it all off. The,
0: the internet of things is not a thing for me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I am so not interested in having my light switches connected to, you know, I, I don't need that. I need <laughs> I need my thing ten to work. Hours. I can I can use a I can use a switch. You think it's ten hours away?
0: It's ten hours away. It's six hundred and fifty nine miles, ten hours and one minute.
1: <gasps> wow. Road I said ten hours on a lark. Trip. I didn't know I was actually that accurate.
0: Yeah, road trip.
1: Oh, look look what you go
0: through. You go through Raleigh, Durham, you go through Greensboro, you go through Charlotte. This would be a
1: lovely trip.
0: Look at that. You go through Richmond, of course, which I love Richmond.
2: I
1: think you should call these people up. You should make this happen. Do a little road trip Wait, and just of- oh, record just south some of conversations. You can yeah. go to Atlanta, you can you can uh 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 go to the Coke Museum in Atlanta.
0: Look at that. Uh Atlanta's where I first saw nine inch nails.
1: And how was that? Back
0: then, they were Blue only seven women. inches. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it was right. It was either just before or just after Pretty, Pretty Hate, Hate Machine Hate. came out. Yeah, and so it was what eighty nine. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, they that's up that's for the, Peter Murphy. That's
1: the OG, right? Yeah,
0: it was great. They lowered Trent down out of the ceiling. He was like all bound up. <laughs> he yeah, was just like that ah!
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, was great. <laughs> hey, when you know, last week you you sent me a picture of uh your office, you, you moved your workspace around a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. 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 Oh gosh. It's so much neater too. I I love it. Okay. And, well, I love it now until we build the other one.
1: So, okay. Well, that, that, dun, dun, okay. Dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you, 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 are you in there now? Or are you talking to yeah, me? Yeah. In yeah. yeah okay. This is,
0: this is where I, this is where I do it. You
1: used to have a different is, separate spaces for your computer and your painting, correct? Still
0: do. Yeah. Okay. The, still do. The, the 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 where I'm at right, we have we have a, a full basement in our in our house. And the two the two rooms at the uh east side of the basement, there are two spaces. Um
1: You're both Elton John and Bernie Toppin.
0: Yeah. The space that I'm in now is actually the space that Mr. Bestman, who built this house, used as his wood shop. He built all the countertops, or not countertops, the cabinets. Okay. And the built-ins around the uh built-in storage around our fireplace all was built in this room that I'm sitting in now. And next door, which is where I paint, that was all of his wood storage.
1: And 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 this is all sort of cinder block built foundation. Uh so yeah. Concrete
0: floor, cinder block on two sides. We had we had the ceiling drywalled, we had two of the walls drywalled. We did not have the exterior cinder blocks. Drywalled. I have uh, an idea for those that I'm going to insulate them and panel them using a um, uh, quarter inch birch ply all the way around. Okay. maybe birch. I don't know um, to, to to deaden it down a little bit. Deaden it down and and insulate it because it's it's uninsulated. So it's it's below grade and it's very cold in here for the winter months. Could you? I
1: mean, you but, could also put some of that insulating board in there, right? Put like an R-20 yes. board behind that or whatever. Yes,
0: yeah. The pink, yeah, that's exactly it. Well, so I'll build. Basically, the idea is to build cradled panels very similar to what I'd build for my artwork, but use uh, different uh, one by stock on the side so that I can fit two inch pink uh, Owens Corning insulation behind them. Because it's, it's R, I think it's R10. Oh, yeah. Two inches is R10.
1: Okay. Which is
0: anyway, way but yeah, better than it's, nothing. Way better than that. Yeah. But it it's it's a dedicated, two dedicated spaces, one for podcasting and digital. My library is down here, all my books and things. Yeah. Uh, and then the space next door is, is where I do all the painting stuff.
1: Okay. So I guess you and I have looked at a lot of pictures of artists and photographers over the years where we see this worn in, dirty, cluttered space with paint tubes everywhere or photograph yeah. prints. Stacked yeah. up to the ceiling,
0: yeah, de Kooning's it, studio is incredible if you can find photos of yeah, it, yeah, that kind it's of beautiful. like lived
1: in this place is being used, and that's why it's not tidy because it's mm-hmm. it's too busy to be tidied mm hmm w- will you have you ever had that?
0: I have it now, yeah this the paint space is a mess okay uh, the this space here that I'm in now the the recording kind of you know where the computer is and all that kind of stuff or where my books are i try to keep that clean and and it's it's more a reflection of my design side which is sort of grid based clean simple sure. and then the paint studio is all bets are off stuff's just everywhere
1: got it yeah yeah okay so do you you you've been talking about building another space just recently
0: yeah, yeah. recently because we we've got this big backyard and We've we've talked about just kind of bounced around. We're in the looking, you know, stage of maybe building a dedicated space back there because it's you know it is really cold down here, and it's you know there's no light really. There's just a little little basement windows, and Would you so have we've talked about locked
1: up in these hmm? pictures?
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tinfoil. Uh, no, um, it, it's you know. So we've talked about maybe building um, a freestanding 12 by 20 studio with, you know, lots of light, eight foot deck around the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's a big chunk of money that I have to see a return on the things that I'm making before I'm willing to sink, you know, 50 grand into this building.
1: Do you think that it would, do you think you would make better work in there? You know, I don't know that I would, that, that's a good question. I don't know. Because um, that's ultimately the reason why you would do it, right? Or that you think you would be happier making the work you make in there. Well, I don't
0: know because it, it's, there's a question of of use. Would I use it to paint in or would that be the place that I invite people over to, um to record conversations? You know, ultimately if it, it, in, in the podcasting conversation realm, I would really love to do something like House of Strombo, which uh, for those of you who don't know, George Strombolopoulos is a, a he's an interviewer. He's got a show on Apple TV. No, not Apple TV. Apple YouTube. Music. Oh, it
1: was Apple Music. Uh, okay. YouTube.
0: Yeah. His his House of Strombo show is on YouTube and people. He has two houses. He lives in Toronto and he lives in L.A. So he has people come to his house and they and he, like big people like, you know, Beastie Boys and Sting and, and, you know, Jack White and, you know, like right. all big people and Robert Plant came to his house and they just have conversations over his dining room table. And I love that. Now I'm, I'm probably not going to get to that level because he's been doing it forever and he's, he's gotten into that, that world. But I do love the idea of, you know, not having to bring people through the house. Not that I'm ashamed of our house. I, I love our house, but there is something about, you know, walk through the path through the garden and there's this studio in the back and, and we can have a conversation out there. Sure. I, I love the idea of that. Right. Will it get there? I don't yeah. know. Is
1: that necessary? Is that fantasy? Like, what is that? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But right. there is something about leaving the house. You know, right now I I leave the upstairs and I come down here and it feels different. It physically feels different. The quality of the air is different. The quality of the light is different. The sound is different. Like So it does feel like I'm going somewhere else until someone upstairs walks across the floor and I hear it. And then I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm back in the house. I think having a separate space that is still, you know, on our property, but it is physically separated from the house. I'm, I'm curious whether that would have an effect Mentally or even visually, is it gonna change the kind of work that I make? I don't know. I can't see that happening really, but I don't know. How you feel affects how you make. So sure. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know.
1: I just, you know, I, uh my wife and I live in a six hundred and fifty square foot sort of big studio apartment, like a big open room, nine-foot ceilings, yeah. right? And um I can push all the uh furniture out of the way and I can shoot with nine foot rolls of seamless. In fact, a lot of the stuff you've seen me shoot on seamless, unless I'm doing it for people that I can afford to rent studio space for. if I'm just doing it for me. I do it here. Um, and you know, we we've been talking for years about trying to find a place to buy. Of course, you know, we're in the most expensive place in the world to buy real estate. Um, but sometimes I worry about buying somewhere. Cause I don't, think that I'm going to like it as much as our little thing that I've lived in for 20 years that feels settled in in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like it, the space has become me as much as I become the space. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there, there is a connection that you, that you can form. I, I, I just think, I think about like the musicians who, you know, work in their home studio and make these amazing albums and make enough money. And then they build out a big studio and then their stuff's not as good because they've yeah. they lost that connection.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. By Meanwhile, trying to Billy, create something. Yeah. Meanwhile, Billy Eilish and Phineas are still recording in their bedroom. Right. Yeah. 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 On logic.
1: You get what I mean. <laughs> With pillows. <laughs> yeah. But hey, it works.
0: Yeah. Um And that's that's honestly that's my one of my biggest concerns is after getting this whole thing built and and, you know, spending this big chunk of money on this thing.
1: What if you shrugged? The,
0: Yeah. And you go, "Hmm, yeah, it's nice, but
2: yeah, eh. Yeah. it
0: have been better to spend that money on travel and, and going and talking to people and making work on the road and making a different, if, if the, if the goal of the thing is to use it for conversations, then why not just go have conversations? If I'm not going to paint out there and I don't need the space because, well, need in quotes, you know, I've got plenty, I've got plenty of space here. Then am I, am I two things? number one, it's going to be a brand new space. I don't typically like brand new spaces. I like vintage spaces. So now I have this thing that's not built nearly as well as what I'm in. And part of why we bought this, I mean, when we bought this house, quick, quick backstory. So we, we, we have been looking for a house. We stopped looking because we just, you know, deal fell through and we didn't, we didn't find what we were looking for. And so we just decided to take a break. And, it was about 11 o'clock, 1130, Adrienne will correct that, I'm, I'm sure. I think it was, anyway, late at night. And she says, we're sitting there, and, and she says, I think I found our house. And she showed me the link, and it uh, it had either just gone on the market or it was just coming up to go on the market. And uh, so we we were still in our pajamas. I said, let's go look at it. So it was only, you know, a mile away or a mile and a half away from where we lived before. See, so yeah, we came up car. here, hopped in the car, came up. It, it had been vacant. Um, the owners had, had moved out and we drove up and we looked inside and we went around the back and onto the deck. I mean, it was like kind of creeper, but there was a, there was a mama deer like laying in the backyard, uh, under this tree and, and she didn't get up and run away. She just kind of looked at us as we were, you know, going up and looking around and we called our realtor, uh, and said, please get us in to see this thing like tomorrow. And we walked in and there's a there's a view from looking through our dining room into the sunroom into the backyard that is it's it's really breathtaking. I mean, it, it is a beautiful space. And we went, yeah, this is the one we want. That was it. And uh, there was another couple. They were looking at it and they wanted to gut it and and do their own thing with it. And the listing agent said, you need to write a letter to the owner and let them know that you how much you love this house and blah, blah, blah. And they were off. The the other couple was offering significantly more money. So we wrote a letter to, uh, to Mr. Bessman and they, they chose us and we, you know, we haven't done really anything in the way of we've upgraded the electrical panel, but we've kept it visually, the same way it was because we loved it. We love it. I mean, I think I told Adrian, I said, I'll die in this house. Like, this, that's how much I love this
1: space. Now, part of that though was the fact that Bestman, you said his name was?
0: Yeah. Mr. Bestman. Mr. Bestman, Bestman and
1: his family had lived in the house. If they had built that house in the 1950s or whatever it is, and it had remained vacant but up, kept up for that long, would it still have the same thing? Or was it sort of the ghosts of the people that were there before that sort you know, of gave I don't, it bones?
0: I think it was the latter. I really do. He was an engineer, uh, worked for the National Weather Service. He, he was a, a, on U-boats in World War II. I mean, we got a ton of stories out of him. Um, his wife was a painter. Is um, he still around? We, and, uh, he, last I heard, he was 104 still living in a facility and only, an assisted living facility and only. I don't know. I owe his daughter a, 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 an email message just saying, Happy New Year. Hope you and, and your father are well. Uh, but little things like he, he, he had his son drop off the original blueprints for the house that he and his father drew. That's great. So we have those, um, his, his daughter brought over a folio of Mrs. Bestman, uh, of her paintings and said, you know, pick a few, they're yours. So we have a few of her original watercolors that that she did. And, and it just, so yeah, I think the, the provenance and, 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 and the ghosts of of who came before us contributed to how much we love this space.
1: Right. So, so building a new one may or may not have, it's not going to have that same history.
0: No, it's, and it's not going to be built as well. It's not going to look the same. It's not. So there's just, there's that question of what am I really doing? Sure. Am I, am I losing some of the, the juice the 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 ethereal sort of mojo, if you will, that I may or may not get real or imagined by being in the space that he and she were in, mm-hmm. to go into this cold sort of manufactured space that might have better light, but that's about all it's got going for. I, I don't know.
1: I don't know. You're not really selling it, Jeffrey. I know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know. I think I'm going to Fayetteville, Georgia instead.
1: Sir, would you like um, to buy this lemon of a car? Cause, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just... I'm not saying it, that it's a bad idea. I'm just just—I'm trying to pull, tease out from you the things that make a space good for you. I think that there could equally be people who say, I don't want to be in someone else's space. I yeah. want to start my own space from scratch and grow it from there. Yes. You know?
0: I, I mean, I know that was a big thing for Sean when he bought his home. In York, he's, that home was built for him. He is the first and only person to live in it. And that was, that was something that was important to him. And I, fair play. I mean, I think that that's absolutely valid. And I know, I I know a lot of people for whom that is true, whether you're talking about a house or a car, that the thing they want to, they want it for them and they want to be the only person that has, you know, lived or driven that thing. And I get that. I just. Tend to not be the same way. No, when it I, comes to a I lot agree. of things in my life.
1: Um, I mean, you've before here when you were in mm-hmm. California or whatever. What, what kind of space did you work in there? One of the little bedrooms. I had. In the
0: apartment? Um, I had an apartment, and it was. It's actually the longest place I I had ever lived. Um, in Rancho Cucamonga, right. um, the apartment complex is called Sycamore Springs. And it is on Archibald Avenue, 7113 Archibald Avenue. I lived in three different apartments in that complex. I just kept, you know, I started in a small one and then I moved up to a bigger one. Um, there were little streams that ran through it. I had pine trees and a little stream with a waterfall right outside my my bedroom window. And it, you know, it was a two bedroom with uh, with a balcony that kind of wrapped around. And it was it was kind of funny when I moved in there, I think it was six hundred and twenty or six hundred and forty dollars a month rent (laughs) and they for whatever reason bill they lost my my paperwork or or something but my rent didn't go up for like 12 years
2: oh okay
0: and they finally you know came and said um yeah here's the thing you haven't had a rent increase you know, in twelve years, so you're going to have to make that up, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to. That's not my. You can't blame that on me because yeah. you lost all my stuff. So they steadily, I think, under California law, you can raise it. I think ten percent a year or something like that. So they started raising it every year, uh, which still was way less than what market value was. Sure, but I really liked that space because, you know, the apartment itself wasn't anything to write home about. It was nice, you know, um, laminate floors and you know, nice appliances, whatever. But it was. It was the people around me. There's a great little community of, of of people in my little area of the of the uh, the complex um, and then the you know the trees and and the little waterfall, and it was right next to the the path where I rode my bike.
1: Now did that space uh, feel conducive to you?
0: Uh, yeah, in fact, that's where I made a lot of the original stuff when I, when I started again in 2007 or eight, um, that's where all that stuff was made. It was made in a bedroom. Um, on, uh, um, an Ikea, which I, man, I wish they still sold this table. It was a metal table with a tempered glass, uh, uh, tabletop. Okay. And man, it was great. Oh, such a great table. Um, wouldn't fit when I, when I moved and I had my, I had an Epson 7,600 printer that I used to print all of the emulsion transfers. And and then I bought, uh, an Epson 3,800, which I used for a long time. Uh, and then had to leave both of those behind when I moved.
1: Uh, I, by the way, dropped off my R3000 Epson that I bought <laughs> I saw probably that. at the beginning of the show. Get rid of it. <laughs> I saw that. Hey, which which building did you live in? I see 7125, 7121. 7113
0: was the main address. Uh, wh- what are you looking at?
1: I'm looking at uh, Google Maps. There's, I'm looking down on the buildings. Apparently, like each building had a number.
0: Okay. Uh, I might be wrong. 7113.
1: I'm just curious.
0: It was uh north north side of the
1: complex. Yep. Um I feel like we're in those movies like enhance, zoom in. Enhance, yeah. Zoom in. Hey, uh, it's Jeffrey on. on his little uh thing there.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, boy. Real time kids. Hold on a second.
1: It's good stuff, right? This is it radio.
0: Is. It's radio. Ra-
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So if you if you're looking at the complex i okay
1: are those all garages around the outside edge
0: yes, so uh, th- that was the other thing had a garage so you the the one uh the second building uh you know what here uh here let me just send you this okay anyway it's it's the north side against the garages yep, um kind of away from things
1: okay, I got you.
0: Uh and it was great. It was great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 just so interesting that sometimes I think, oh, maybe I should try to find space that I can rent where I can have my computer and my cameras and all my gear there and I can go there to shoot. That'll be a different experience than working from home a lot of times.
0: Does working from home impede you getting work done because it's it's your home and you don't you're like, oh, I don't want to spread everything out and I don't want to move everything? Like is
1: no, there? No, that, that doesn't impede me, but I do find that I have more things to, uh, waste time on here. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. more likely to, to, to futz around or, oh, the bed's five feet away. Let me just lay down on that for 10 minutes or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mess around on the internet or whatever. Do that kind of nonsense where I feel like if I was in a space, I may use it more, but I've never had that kind of space for myself. Because it's just, I mean, that would be like a whole other rent, you know, and I but don't would, need would studio be, space as much as a lot. Would of
0: that be a better compromise than spending $4 million on a new apartment?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, the apartment has other advantages, of course. Um, yeah, sure. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I really, I I wonder in the same way that you were saying, okay, I could, I could do this. We could build out the space. Maybe it will be all of the things that I think it'll be, you know, you having a a space to, to record conversations in is not magically going to make Getty Lee come to your backyard. Right. (laughs) I mean, maybe it will,
2: but you know what
1: I'm saying? Like, okay, yes, great. We need a place to record, but that is not the limiting factor here. No, no. And I think that sometimes... You know, somebody would say, oh, you know, people when I meet them all the time, they say, oh, you're a photographer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you, you know, where's your studio? It's like, well, I don't know that many people that keep a full time studio anymore. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very expensive. I know some people who share studio space um, and even then a lot of them have given it up in the last few years. Just because if it's, you know, if it's $2,000 a month for me to have a little chunk of a studio space or over $1,000 a month to share studio space with four other people, like that's expensive just to have sitting there. If you're not using it all the time, when you go rent space for five or $600 for the day and then just charge that to the client, you know, Um, it's not like we all have Northern facing skylights and windows, like in some sort of Avedon portrait, right? I mean... Those things, I, I mean, I guess they do exist. When I look up in New York City and I see a space like that, I'll, I'll say to Connor, "I'll be like, look at that place up top there. Who the hell is living there?" Right, you know. And uh, oh yeah, there's your space right there.
0: Yeah. So uh, that, the the one space is my apartment, and the other space was my garage. Your
1: garage, yeah. Um, and so I I, I look at I, I look at the people who who have these spaces, and I'm thinking, you know, it's probably just some really, it's either some hedge fund millionaire now who lives there or it's some old woman or man who's been there since 1952 that they can't kick out because they have some sort of crazy lease, you know, maybe,
0: but remember uh, the, the Bill Cunningham movie, the documentary about Bill Cunningham and they had everybody was down. Yes. And they kicked them all out.
1: Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there are those, there are those places, but those places don't exist now for new people. You know what I mean? So unless you are independently wealthy or make, you know, you're Seliger and you buy a building on the West side highway and rebuild it. And it's now your studio and living space and whatever, you know, or Greenfield Sanders or somebody like that. Um, I just remember how,
0: how distraught Bill was at having to like the, the options that they presented him relative to where he was. There oh, was yeah. no connection to the new space like there was to the old space.
1: No. And I, and I guess that might be part of what I was trying to dig into here. Mm mm-hmm. you know? and And that connection, that familiarity, that that living, breathing, this is part of me, it is part of my process. It is, you know, I mean it's 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 a little bit like the tools, right? Like I just I've been shooting with the Pentax the last week, and it feels really good. It's like, oh yeah, this is this feels right, right? Um, sometimes, you know, any sort of friction. And the friction may be there's too much light in this room. And that bothers mm-hmm. me, you know, the mm-hmm. friction may be there's not enough light or you can hear people upstairs or it's too cold or whatever. But then I think about the, the you know, the 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 scenes in the Pollock movie where he goes out to his barn and he puts wood in the thing trying to warm up the room in the winter time because it's just an uninsulated barn. Right. And he's sitting there with his hands over the thing going, OK, when is my, my paint going to be soft enough? Warm up enough and be soft enough that I can start working. That guy wasn't complaining about his workspace, you know. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, and
0: to the point where, for those kinds of people, and and maybe it sounds like you and I are a little different in that respect, but but maybe the space was just a place to how, like Carlin used to say, it's a big pile of stuff with a cover on it.
2: Yes, you know, it's yeah.
0: it it. There wasn't anything special about it, you know. He obviously there was nothing special about the space because he knocked a hole in the wall to fit that canvas. So yes. he wasn't precious about the space itself.
1: Um I, I had a dream last night that I I had almost finished my degree at the University of Connecticut, which I went to for two years before I went to music school. Mm. Um that I had a semester, or a few classes left, and I decided to go back and get them. I've had dreams lately in the last few years where even though I graduated from college and, you know, did all these things in my life that it turned out I never finished high school officially because some class didn't get, you mm. know, something didn't get checked or I didn't get a, I got an incomplete and in PE or some kind of nonsense. And they said, basically everything you've done since then is null and void because you never finished this thing back then.
0: Oh, wow. Everything on the back of that doesn't count.
1: Yes. Wow. And, and, and I, so I had a dream last night that I had gone back to the university of Connecticut and, um, um, it's like some weird, it was like a little bit mixed in with being up at the farm with other photographers. It was like, we were, I was eating outside with somebody. It was sort of like graduation weekend kind of thing.
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And I realized that I had brought all this stuff to my dorm room. This may be because uh, I have some younger friends who just went back to college and brought all their stuff there. And so maybe this is like mixed up in my head and that's why my brain's doing it. But the, that all of the stuff that I had brought to college back then was still there in that dorm room. And I was leaving and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to go get all that stuff. That's all my stuff. I got to do something with that. Wow. And thinking, wow. do I even care about any of that stuff? Obviously, I've I've lived without it for four thirty 30 something years. Do I even know what it is? But if I don't go back and look through it, maybe there's something. And I'm not a person who has tons of stuff. I mean, we, again, we live in a 600 square foot apartment. Right. But in my head, it's like I had this, um, fear that I was going to be encumbered by all this stuff and yet couldn't let it go simultaneously. Hmm. Anyway, this is dreams, whatever. People don't like people talking about dreams, but I just think to, to your point about, uh, the stuff things, right? Like the whole, it's just, a, it's just stuff with a roof over the top of it. Um, So much, so much of our lives is, you know, I, sometimes I feel like I should print out more of my images, like make prints and just have them in boxes. But then I think, why? Then I have a bunch of boxes full of prints. What the hell good is that going to do? There's another yeah, thing well, to put out, on a shelf. You don't shelf. Have to print out everything. No, of course not. You mean like get an 11 by 14 of all the things I finish and just stick them in a box. Yeah. And and maybe, maybe don't put them in your
0: house. Maybe put them in, you know, a, Someone a storage else's house. space or or a, a post office box or something where it's, you know, or send them to your mom. Yeah. My, my mom's listening right now going,
1: it's... don't you send those prints to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want your prints in my house. Yeah. Come yeah. on. I don't know. It's a... It's, uh, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a lot to think about, but I'm feeling, I'm feeling nostalgic today and, and not nostalgic for an older time. I'm feeling like I'm digging through the remnants of other people's lives or something. I don't know. I'm, and then it makes me think of what people will think of the remnants of mine when I'm gone. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's full
0: circle, right? Will there be remnants? Yeah. Are you, are you making new remnants? I think that I am.
1: And I don't, I think but if that you're they're,
0: not printing, how are we supposed to know that?
1: Well, you know what, a hard drive isn't enough for people? Uh no,
0: nah, I get you. That's gonna that's gonna fail.
1: You know, even those pictures that my cousin sent me, I immediately stuck them in my Apple photos. I immediately stuck them on Dropbox, I immediately put them in Google photos. So there are there are copies other places, you know? Mm. Not just here at the house. Yeah. Um, then I'll, I, I now, now they're in three places on the cloud. I'm never going to lose those, you know, unless something really crazy happens. Um, yeah,
0: unless there's a big EMP blast from some faraway land.
1: Yeah. But if there's an EMP blast, I got bigger problems than the pictures of my grandfather.
0: <laughs> well, no, those you're still going to have because you'll have, you know, those, those, <laughs> those will still those be on, Those Your are on pictures, paper somewhere.
1: Those are cooked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, sorry to to, to drag no, you down. This is, no, no, no. It's not dragging. It's good. This is good. Workspace uh, lane. Would you do it? I mean, yeah. did, did you think, have you thought about the kind of light you would want in a space like that? Would you prefab it? Would you build it yourself? In, in the space that I'm in now or out, out outside? In, in a
0: new space. Well, the, 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 the type of space that we're looking at has a lot of light. There are two windows on the back. There's a whole row of upper windows in the front. On the sides, there are two floor to ceiling windows and then uh the door is a metal door with with um an inset piece of glass so there there would be a lot of light naturally um i would probably do some sort of ceiling mounted led that's that's color changeable but i'm not sure
1: to make it fit your mood yeah you're a moody kind of guy i've always thought that about you
0: <laughs> that is true that is true. My little brooder, my mother used to call me.
1: Were you? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny.
0: I was a happy kid, but then, you know, something happened. I don't know what happened.
1: When was that change?
0: Oh, probably junior high, high school.
1: Yeah. It's called hormones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey never got over puberty.
0: I, I really didn't. Still, uh, you know, or 80s music, apparently.
1: <laughs> hey, There's nothing wrong with 80s music. Uh, speaking of eighties music, did you happen to read that article? I sent you the link last week. Uh,
0: which one the times thing about, is that the one about culture? Yeah.
1: Did you happen to read any of that? I I read a little bit of it.
0: Um, yeah.
1: The guy's basic gist is that culture in the last 30 years or so has kind of come to a standstill and is just sort of cycling over itself, you know? that the stuff people are putting out today could have been put out 20 years ago and you probably wouldn't have noticed all that much. Um, That things have splintered and gone in a bunch of different directions, but they're not moving forward. They're just sort of, it's become this cloud of now, but it's the now just keeps lasting. You know what I'm saying? Sort of like that. It's that things have stopped progressing. They've just sort of sat on themselves. And part of that is probably due to the internet. Uh, and just the, the just the way we work, like the idea of culture moving forward,
0: but moving forward toward what? This, well, this is
1: the, the, the pushback
0: that I had was it's not going anywhere by whose standards, well, and, and yeah. where is it supposed to be going?
1: Yeah, I think I think the idea is just that there is that there is change that there actually mm-hmm. hasn't been that much change in the last twenty years is is what this guy's saying, and he's a fairly young guy, and he's a you know he's just but one of the points he makes is that maybe it's that. You know the burst of popular culture that we had from the nineteen twenties until or the nineteen thirties until two thousand or whatever maybe that was the the weird thing you know that was the that was the oddball that we expected to continue. It's sort of like um you know we expected American prosperity to continue growing forever and it's like, well, no, maybe it was just the forty years that the baby boomers had that really blasted us into the stratosphere now the rest of us are kind of like living in this you know repeating kind of thing um i just i just thought it was do you think i guess do you see not that you and i are these giant contemporary art mavens or anything like that but do you feel like the things around you are doing new things or just sort of rehashing old stuff. I mean, that's the classic trope now, right? It's like, Oh, all we can do is make sequels and recreations of things from 20 years ago. And, you know, I mean, I think there's a part of it that's that
0: way, certainly, but there are also outliers for every, you know, copycat movie that's being not, not, it's not one-to-one, but there are definitely outliers who are making the kind of films that they want to see. And they don't really allow themselves to be driven by the same metrics that drive a Marvel franchise. Sure. Sure. You know, or the same thing with, with music, um, you know, going back to, to Billie Eilish. I mean, I, I think she's kind of just doing her own thing, you know, and, and Gaga doing her own thing. I don't think that they are looking at, at, uh, where are the charts dictating that I should be and what should
1: I, They're. I mean, I agree with that, but I guess I would, the point, I guess I would, push against that is to say that if you took a Billie Eilish song or a Lady Gaga song from today and brought it back 20 years to 2004 and played it on the radio, I don't think it would sound that out of place. I don't think it would sound the difference between 1955 and 1975 in music, for example, on the radio.
0: Well, maybe, I mean, maybe one of the reasons for that is, is simply the pool is bigger, so it's harder to stand out. Yeah. It is,
1: you're, you you think the bigger pool would be more chances to expand in even greater directions, though, right?
0: Yes. But it's also diluting the differences between us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think, yes. I think that to some extent, the, 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 the internet culture that we're all living on is part of that, you know?
0: Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's certainly a part of that. You're you're being bombarded with with so much stuff. Yeah. So much input that, yes, it becomes very hard to stand out because you can at any moment of any given day you can go, oh, I saw something like that, you know, an hour ago or a day sure. ago or a yeah. week ago or whatever it is. Yep. Um. Whether it whether it is or isn't fundamentally different it's it's close enough that your brain goes oh you know it's a pa- you, you, we're pattern recognition machines right so at some point you're going to go oh i recognize this trait of this thing in that whether it's a sound or a, a visual aspect or or something right I, so i think it, it it gets harder the the more the more players are on the field the harder it is to see the star sure yeah
1: yeah 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 i don't know i mean do you... Do you think about, the last week I went and spoke at a a class. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Where was it? In New York? Uh, Yeah, this uh, NYC salt uh, class. It's it's a bunch of younger kids.
0: Good for you. Congratulations. That's cool.
1: Yeah. And one of the kids kind of called me out. (laughs) He said- You don't shoot on manual. (laughs) Well, yeah. Actually, I do, but okay. (laughs) I shoot on a real camera. Uh, Right. Uh, no, but he, he, he asked, he raises his hand and he says, um, you know, do, basically, do you look at what the kids are doing nowadays? Right. Um, that's a good question. I don't know that
0: you and I have talked about that in a while. Do you,
1: um, in as not, much as not going
0: back to looking at pen or no, going yeah, back yeah. To looking at, like, in as much as stuff comes across
1: my feed? Yes. Mm-hmm. But most of it, I find is still looking backwards, right? Cause there's nothing new under the sun, right? Like no one's really making anything that is dramatically different. Um, and a lot of the stuff that people is sort of in now is not stuff that particularly speaks to me aesthetically. It's, you know, flat lighting and, and uh, on-camera stuff or lo fi images for the sake of lo fi right? People shooting with all these old digitals and that kind of stuff. Um, and I said, yeah, I mean, I, I look at stuff, but it's not really my style. And he said, I don't, he said something along the lines of, you know, I don't, I don't want to offend you. And I was like, okay, no, no, no. Give it to me. Here it comes though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he's just like, well, he's just like your images. He's like, your pictures are, and I think he was going to say, look old, but then he sort of revised himself to say that 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 they were timeless. I think he was going to say that they looked old your photographs yes that the style in which i shoot or maybe the i worry a lot about detail and like i want it to be right in my definition of right you know what i mean um
0: but what if your definition of right isn't,
1: well, not, right? not, not right in the sense of correct. I just mean that I want it to be a particular way and I want things to be really refined and I want to work down on the sandpaper and I want to, you know, have it the way I want it where I think he was implying that a lot of people now they're like, There it doesn't matter if that sky is blown out over there because this is, this is the picture we were taking or or it doesn't matter if we have the resolution is really good or it's noisy or whatever. Like that, 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 that the kids now are less worried about those things than I am. Like I want things to be, um, really technically correct, but I think he was implying that, that, that sort of, uh, 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 that feel that look is sort of, a uh, um, maybe it's no passe, one cares anymore. It? Yes. It's pass yeah. yeah. Um, and I said, yeah. I mean, that may be true. It may be that the pictures that I take or the look of the images that I take is not interesting to younger people in the sense that it's not edgy. You know what I mean? Like, I I, de- I would never put myself as edgy or cool or 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 avant garde or any. Like, I'm not. I'm not that guy. I've never been that guy in visual stuff i've never been that guy in music stuff i think i've told the story once when i was at berkeley and the one of the professors i was in a synth class and we had to come up with sounds on a this was uh i guess i think it was a six operator uh fm synth so like a dx7 kind of thing like a dx7 yeah and classic um, yamaha and we were using uh vision and galaxy to uh sequence and galaxy to like record like to you used to have to save patches on you used to have to send them via midi to your computer into this thing called galaxy and then you could save the patches there and you could recall them into galaxy and then send them to the to the synth to bring your 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 sounds back this is all this is like a class you had to take i was never a big synthesis guy but this was the class and it was one of the assignments we had to write music with one of the sounds we had made. And in front of the class, this is like one of the worst things ever. In front of the class, the teacher, the professor basically said to me, like, oh, I can't exactly remember the words, but basically the gist was, listen to that schlock you made. You're, you know, what are you just making syrup and and stuff for Television advertisements, like basically, he was just like crapping on what I had made because it was too saccharine for his taste. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: And he kind of he he like went a little overboard and kind of made me feel like crap, especially because I was there on a partial composition scholarship at the school. So I was just like, I no, I can, I'm, I'm writing what I want to write. If you don't like it, that's your problem. Um, because I can't, I can't make myself write music like someone else. I write music like me, you know? And I can't make myself take pictures like someone else. I mean, I can play around with copying other people, but ultimately, my style that develops is not because of a chosen choice to make that kind of style. Or I don't think I would ever be happy doing that. I kind of just lean towards where the style takes me. Does that make sense?
0: Mm-hmm. But if if the style to, to play devil's advocate sure. and to kind of kind of come in where this kid sounds like he was at if if your style isn't where
2: the world style
0: is is going yep do do you try to change that style yep or do you relegate yourself to being of a different time and and letting it just sort of fade out and and being okay with you know, the the I make these kinds the of smaller, pictures. Smaller, those
1: kinds of pictures. Yeah.
0: yeah. And the and, and and the smaller maybe audience at the moment, maybe it'll come around again, right? That's the other thing. Yeah. Is, or if is, somebody
1: needs pictures like mine, I'm the guy to go to because I'm the guy who takes right, those kinds of pictures. Right. Like, you become a
0: specialist after the fact.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I think that that's where I tend to lean mm-hmm. because I mean, we've talked about it a number of times. It's like you can't fa- you can't chase these things. Yeah. I'm forty-nine years old. I'm not going to shoot the same stuff as a 22 year old, nor should I in the same way that, you know, Irving Penn was not, he was alive when Terry Richardson was taking all this stuff with on camera flash. He didn't suddenly pick up an on camera flash and start shooting that way. That's not, I mean, I'm sure he could have, I'm sure he was perfectly capable of doing so, but he probably thought, well, that's what that guy's doing. And that's, fine but that's uninteresting to me and that's sort yeah. of what i answered the the the, the kid
0: um, you know i wonder if it might be worth i mean we we're kind of coming up against the end but maybe for another episode would it be worth talking about at what point do you sort of cut bait or lean into something that maybe isn't as comfortable as as you're, or you're not as comfortable doing it just to see where it goes you know, and, and I and I'm speaking about that for myself. I sure. I know that there's not a big market for propaganda based art. Um, the, the kinds of imagery and the way I see the world is very niche. Um, and 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 I'm kind of up against this idea of do I keep doing that because I really like it, or do I go well, yeah, but this is going to look good with your sofa, so let's do this. You know what I mean? And and absolutely. Not playing it down. I don't. I don't find any. I. I think I've said this. I know I've said this before. I don't have any problem with you looking at my work as decor rather than art with a capital A. I don't care. Sure. I in fact as long as you're looking at it. Yeah, I welcome that. I want. You know, one of the things that I'm I'm kind of writing some new copy and and I'm I've been playing with this idea of, you know, I create art that you can appreciate now, not wait for it to appreciate later. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well put. <laughs> I like. That. And yeah i I want you to buy my stuff because you like having it in your space, not because you see it as some great investment opportunity. There's sure. enough of that. Sure. You know. And I think you and I are 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 similar in that we want the people who uh who 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 buy or hire us to do the work. To appreciate that work for what it is, not because it's some sort of commodified
1: thing that fits
0: on a balance sheet.
1: Well, also if if somebody is hiring me to take pictures of them, or somebody's hiring me to take pictures of somebody for them, yeah, they they want a guarantee of something that they know they like and they can use. The more not just out of my comfort zone. Sure. I could like do different styles and i can perfect those styles as, as weird sort of like dance moves. I know. Um, but some of my favorite pictures that I've taken might be a little odd, but they also might be a little odd enough that somebody would say, what is this? This isn't what I wanted. And I'll say, that's mm-hmm. a really cool picture. And they'll be like, that may be a really cool picture. Um, but, but we need something we can print in this article. And that's, you know what I mean? Right. So I, 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 As, as a, as a commercial photographer, I often will play it safe and not try to make something too artsy because I need to know that I've got the shot in the time that I have something that the people can use on the other end. Yeah. You know? And so that, that is a limitation of my own. And maybe I need to let go of that limitation and say, you know what, do what you want to do and they'll figure out one of them to use. Or take a couple of real safe ones and then move on and do something crazy. Well,
0: I think it's, it's in a, in a way it's a, it's akin to a director who will say, you know, tell you what, let's, let's work through it and do it my way. Let's get it. Yep. And, and when we get it now go play. Now let's see, let's see where you want to go. But, but let's, these first few, you know, let's stick to the text and, and get this down. So we've got it. Uh, and and then, and then do your thing. Maybe, maybe there's room in there. Okay. This is one solution. There's room in there for that. Or, or you start this next series. What are you going to call them drabbles? Or are you going to call no, them something, no. else? something else? Okay. So it, I'll, can I use drabbles just so sure. it's a shorthand that we both understand? Sure. Okay. So this next series of drabbles that you're going to do, maybe you lean into those and go, this is me doing me. Without any sort of uh, uh, brief or expectation that's external, and and I'm doing this because this is a what I'm good at, and b this is what I really enjoy doing. And if you connect with a or b, I'm your guy.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now the question but is, but this is what it, I'm going to do. But will anyone respond to that?
0: Ooh, that's a good question.
1: And, and I mean that's the that's the sixty four thousand. And how, and how loudly question. are you going to yell that?
0: Yeah,
1: it's the 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 noise floor is pretty loud.
0: Yeah, I mean, it gets us back to the to the top of the conversation where there's there are so many more players on the field now. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how do you how do you get noticed? Because there are a lot of really good players out there too. That's the other thing is that the I think the 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 level of competition as as people are able to learn more, as people are able to. Uh, experiment more because digital's cheap, right? Sure. You don't have to spend thousands of dollars on film and processing to get quote unquote better at your craft. It's easier from the standpoint of it doesn't cost as much so you can do more of it. Uh, so I think that, 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 that has raised the level of, of the competition. You're no longer, you know, the keeper of this magical knowledge that maybe artists and photographers once were.
1: Yes, absolutely. But, but, I just, I, you know, sometimes I I try to write, you were saying you were writing some copy for yourself Mm -hmm. that I, when I tend to write people, and this is going to be potentially my own weakness, but I tend to write them and say, hi, I'm so like, not necessarily this, but this is the general like sentiment, right? Is Mm -hmm. hi, this is me. Nice to meet you. I'm good at what I do. You should take a look at it and you should hire me. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. not that, but That's that's sort of how I feel like I can most accurately represent myself and not feel awful doing it, because I think that I'm good at what I do. And I think that I am a good person and you should hire me and blah, 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 blah.
0: But maybe there's some room to replace good with something else, because lots of people are good at what they do. Sure, sure, sure. That's not the differentiator that you bring to the table.
1: But I wonder if if the different but but I wonder if the thing isn't me saying hey, it's me, more just like, no, Bill Wadman's portraits are a force of nature. You should hire him. Do it in like a third person kind of thing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I always tend to feel like I am filling out my first cover letter for a job right out of college. That's how it right. always feels to me when I'm yeah. whenever I'm pitching yeah. people. And I'm not that person. I'm a fairly accomplished professional in this field for almost two decades. Why mm. do I feel like I am still... 25 years old
0: because the bar is always moving around expectation
1: yeah probably
0: it's it's the it's it's but whether that target... bar is moving
1: or not that sh- i shouldn't react to that shouldn't i i can't do anything about the bar. you're
0: always on you're always on uncertain ground you it's it's hard to know what is being expected
1: sure right? but it, do you think me giving more attention is going to let me know what is expected
0: Wait, say that again. I'm sorry.
1: Is is me giving attention or trying to figure out what's expected actually going to give me an answer? Or is that just whether I, I don't know whether what I I'm mean, doing is accepted or not. I'm never going to figure it out anyway. So I might as well just plow ahead and say, I'm your guy. Here I am doing my thing. And whether, you know, some kid who's 19 years old thinks that my stuff looks old. Well, you know what? There's Some other person over here that says, wow, that stuff looks really old and I love that look. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm using old, you know. Yes, I'm almost I mean, I think
0: ultimately it's it's I mean, it goes back to this thing my mom used to always say, it's a numbers game. Yep. If you're showing five people your work, you know, it's the social media game. If you're posting once a day, three times a week, you lose. Yep. Just just by the very nature that you are not being seen by only posting once a day, three times a week. It's not that your work is bad, it's not that I'm not saying you lose because you don't have talent or skill or heart or drive or whatever. But who can be putting out
1: three things a day that is have a quality that's good enough or maybe that quality doesn't matter anymore.
0: Yeah. And know that your work is getting seen by 2 to 3% of how many people follow you, quote unquote.
1: Yes, right,
0: right. whatever. And then means. of those 2 to 3%, they have to be on the platform when you've posted it. In order to see it, or it gets pushed down. So it's there. You're, you're There are so many. You're, you know, you're fighting on multiple fronts. Yes, and and unless you are flooding the system, so unless you're sending out tons of of you know RFPS or whatever it is that you send out, um, along you know, with a
1: hundred thousand other people. Yeah. Then then you lose and it has nothing to do with your ability. So maybe, but maybe playing that game is a losing battle to begin with. And you have to, you know, play a different game to get in the back door somehow. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what it is. Conversation. Maybe. You know, we can continue another day. I just thought, I just, yeah. I just thought it was, yeah, it was interesting. Although after the thing, the same kid was just like, Hey, wait, can I see your camera? And he was like playing with you. He's Like, Oh my God. Even your camera's old. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But no, but he was, he was just like, oh, you know, he's just like the viewfinder is so big. And he's like, can I see the sensor? And I like, you know, did a mirror lockup. And he's like, oh my God. And I was like, yeah. He's like, and what's really funny. He's like, well, how how many, how many megapixels is this? I said 51. He goes, oh, that's not bad. And I'm thinking not bad. 10 years ago, 50 megapixels was unbelievable, you know? But now now you're in
0: an era of the 100 and the 100s and soon to be the 200. Sure.
1: And, it, but it's like, you know, but I've never been asked for, I mean, yes, there are times when I want to crop my images a lot and get something out of it, but I've never been asked for a bigger file, yeah. you know? So, I mean, at what point, and, and 50 megapixels out of that camera is very different than 45 megapixels out of an R5. It's just like, it just, it looks different, you know, it's just, it's a bigger sensor. There's more, you know, the file's different. And so I don't know. It's just it's it was just very interesting that he was like, oh, "That's okay, 50 megapixels. I guess that'll do." And I was like, "What?" Right. <laughs> Kids <laughs> these days. Yeah. Um, I've got a photographer of the week. If you uh, hit me, want. what do you got? Carl Bissinger. Now here's with a K.
0: That sounds like a K, Carl. Is it is it Carl a Carl with, K? K?
1: with a K. Now yeah. here's the thing about Carl Bissinger, is that. Uh, <laughs> you are not going to find a lot of his pictures on the internet now we were we were uh we were emailed by neil perry suggesting this a couple of weeks ago this guy yep yep he made a book the luminous years portraits in the mid century by carl bissinger bissinger uh and i ordered the book i got it for like 14 bucks on amazon and it is oh. really good um now, if you if you look up Carl Bissinger, a photographer, and you go look at some of his, if you go look in the Google images, you'll see a bunch of his pictures. Not as many as there should be, but you'll see some. You know what I mean? Where you can see it's a lot of you know actresses and and writers, and you know it's it's the it's the standard Truman Capote pictures right, that right, kind of right, stuff. right. But they're really really well done, um, and mm. and really nice. And it's just interesting to me cause that this guy, I've never heard of him. Have you?
0: No. Right. But that's not really saying much. I've, I've not heard of a lot of people.
1: No, no, no. Who are really of, good. Of course. But it's just, it's crazy to me that this guy never came up in all this time. Now, here's the here's the part that, uh, oh, well, that's really interesting. Because I just did a search for a, uh, I opened a link that I saved last week and it's no longer there.
0: That's weird. A link to his work?
1: Yeah. Hold on a second. No, it was a link to an article. Uh which was, hold on a second, it was a link to his uh, uh, his some uh, uh, University of Delaware. Oh my God, look at that. That link no longer is there. Can I look at an archive of that link? That's so weird. A link that I went and looked it up on Google again and it came up and it was not, it was missing. That's so weird. Okay, here we go. Here's here's another version of it. This is uh, Carl Bissinger Papers, 1950 to 1974. And it was from an it was from the University of Delaware, and it was something like forty linear feet of his papers. Oh wow! That they have, uh, which just is crazy to me. And it was all of his correspondence, all of his jobs, and 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 invoices, and all this kind of stuff. And it it kind of dovetails with what we were talking about at the beginning: is there is a record of this person. And the work that they did for 25 years or 30 years. Uh, He died in 2008, was born in 1914, died in 2008. So he was around a long time. And he did other stuff. He was a a restaurateur and and a peace activist and all this kind of stuff. But I just found it interesting that, you know, somewhere on shelves at the University of Delaware is like 40 feet of his correspondence. And yet you look on Google where you think a lot of stuff is, and
0: yeah, there's barely any,
1: there's barely any. And I just found that it's, it's both fascinating to me and frustrating, you know? Hmm. Um, anyway, if you look through there, you'll see some images that are just really simple, beautiful, you know, guy sitting outside of a door, but it's Montgomery Clift, right, right. you know what I mean? Like looking really cool.
0: Um, wow. Look at this. The, the, the book is uh introduction by Gore Vidal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've got it on wow. my, on my, on my table right now. Do you uh do you see the picture? If you do a Google search, Carl Bissinger photographer, and you see mm-hmm. like the fourth picture in is this uh, uh picture of Haim uh, Gross in his studio, 1950 or 1951. And he's got like a he's like leaning forward on his knee, kind of with his hands in his uh, across. Yes, yes, with yes. With the uh, stove, kind of
0: a, a yeah patterned uh, floor.
1: Yeah, and you just look at this yeah. kind of stuff, and you just think, man. Th- you know, these are these are the kinds of studios that you and I have talked about though, right? You know, that these yeah. people are working in. Um Oh oh the one oh no, that's a different one. Uh uh Oh that that is really cool too. Um here, I'll send you this one. Anyway, just wanted to put him up there and say that uh thank you uh for Neil Perry sending this in because I think it's a really good one. Um, I'm sending you a, a link here. Okay. There we go. This is the one I'm talking about. Oh yeah, look at that.
0: See, I, I love this kind of thing. I, I when I was teaching Photoshop, I had uh, a student named Kevin Knight, okay. who was a photographer, still is. Um, and he was doing this project called Creative Spaces and, and Kevin came out of music. He was an a guy for record label and he knew a ton of people in the comic book and graphic novel industry. And he would go around and photograph them in their studios. And they were just the coolest spaces, not perfect, not, you know, clean, not I mean just yeah but filled with character.
1: Well if you and had I, strung I up that project if you had strung up a light across your place down there, you know what I'm saying, and turned it into like look at this guy's crappy studio. I mean, this is or this guy's kitchen. It's like, you know, none of our kitchens look like this. This was a nineteen forties, thirties, twenties kitchen. This is a great
0: picture. Uh shame shame. Shane Gross in his studio, 1950, 1951. Oh, yeah. Got a chisel in his hand. Yeah. Come
1: on. Yeah. And look at the next one down. Jean Maurice, where he's just like, he's like leaning against a freaking uh, uh, milk. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Right? Wow. But that guy looks cool as hell. Yeah. You know, and obviously either there's no lights or the guy had one light because a lot of them look Max like there's Weber. one light of existing. Oh, my God. Yeah. Edward anyway. Steichen. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. He shot a lot of people anyway putting that out there go uh go do a search people i'll put a couple of links in the show notes but there's less i couldn't find a single page that had a bunch of great images that were the ones that i wanted to show you know what i mean yeah uh, i wonder
0: what his uh what is his work goes for like if you were contact this this gallery i wonder what this gallery would come back with Yeah.
2: Well, the 10 and
0: a it? 10 and a half by nine and three quarter inch print gelatin silver print
1: how much do they charge
0: I don't know. You have to contact the gallery. It's in New York, the Stanley Wise
1: Gallery. The old contact the gallery trick, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like uh, like uh, this, this one. One last one for you here is this. Uh, I uh, put this last link. Look at look how cool this lady is in the front. She's an actress. I, I looked her up the other day. Like look at her and her friends oh, sitting wow. outside of a Paris brasserie or something,
0: yeah. right? Little little bistro waiting for their coffee and cigarettes. Yeah, to but look be how like dropped off
1: empty it is you know, and they're just like kind of sitting there natural light. Ugh, it's Wait, so is that, nice.
0: Is that, is that Bridget Bordeaux? Is that who no, it is?
1: it's somebody else. Uh, I'll, I'll oh. look it up and, and let you know. Anyway, uh, Carl Bissinger. Thank you. Uh, one last time, Neil. Uh, yeah, appreciate it. You, Neil. If anybody has got anybody that they love the work of and, you know, we're oblivious to them or that we think we missed them. Uh, let us know. Cause uh, we'd love to use them as a photographer of the week. Yes. Um, Got anything else before we wrap up?
0: No, I have a lot to think about. Yeah. I I will say that these these last several shows have been really good, I think. And yeah, and people really
1: seem to like that last one.
0: Yeah. I'm 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 enjoying it. I'm challenged by them in in all the ways that I want to be challenged and um or maybe need to be challenged. Yeah. So, thanks, man.
1: Uh thank you. I think uh I think it's good. Plus, you know, you got your heart pumping by shoveling some snow this
2: morning.
1: Right. We <laughs> if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at ontakingpictures.com, you can, uh, that'll get us email to both of us, 929 390 1916. You can leave us a voicemail. Um, and uh, at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sidoris uh, on the Instagram and threads a little bit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think that's it. Go uh, rate us on the iTunes and we will talk to you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Yeah, we'll
2: see. You. Going on and on the way we are for so long. To any fool it's plain to see something's wrong. As this way